Who is Luis Matos? The Cardinals have a new closer in town. Join us for a gripping episode where we provide you with the best must-add players heading into the weekend on this action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here as always with my brother, my partner in crime, my best friend, Matthew Ane. Yo, yo, guys, let's have a good one today. You can find us on all social media platforms and podcasting apps. And if you're listening on one like Apple or Spotify that allows five-star ratings and reviews, we would truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. It helps to grow the podcast and, you know, just, just a big help to Locked On Fantasy Baseball. And also, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't already, you hit that little bell below. It subscribes you to the channel, also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. And once again, if you're on YouTube watching, be sure to like and comment because we love to talk fantasy baseball with you. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit. Head to ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Locked on fantasy baseball fans, we have a fully loaded episode for you today. As always, let us be your team secret weapon as we provide you with the best must-add players heading into this weekend. And Matt, we got a young gun. All these young guns keep getting called up. So uh, who is he? Let's let's talk about him. Yeah, sure. Yeah, before we do, though, I want to wish Dom a happy birthday. Um, you know, he's no longer a young gun. He is now officially in his thirties being 31. So, you know, I have a cane in the mail for you. So, you know, it's coming. Yeah. You Appreciate join, it, brother. You join Thank me. You. Thank you. you join me. You get your AARP card real soon. Oh, oh yeah. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> but all right. Back to your regularly scheduled show here. And uh, let's talk about Luis Matos. An interesting call-up from the San Francisco 40... Oh, I was going to say 49ers. Uh, <laughs> Giants. Football on the brain. So, anyway, my guy is... The guy's interesting, right? I have It hasn't been a name that's been, like, really floating out there all that much, but he has been, a, like, a higher-end prospect. But, you know, I, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do, right? He had a pretty good 2023. He had a 223 at-bats. He had 39 runs. He had 13 doubles. Two triples, 10 bombs, 38 ribs, 15 stolen bases, and he walks 24 times to 20 strikeouts, batting about 350 on the year. I love that those numbers. I think Matos has some exciting upside. I like what he did in 2022 between um between a couple levels here. And my guy did have a really good year. He had what uh 376 uh, at bats, he had 58 runs, 15 doubles a triple, 12 bombs, 47 ribs, 11 stolen bases. And his batting average wasn't wonderful, but it seems like he's improved on it and learned how to con- you know, get that plate control up. Matos is, could be very volatile. He could be somebody that 100% flops or somebody that can hit. The thing is, he's also hitting half of his games over in San Francisco, which the park isn't great to hit in. But, hey, he's worth, at least in my opinion... 
how do we put this? A speculative ad. Let's see what he becomes. Let's see what he can do. And if he flops, you drop him. But if he hits, you look like a genius. And that's essentially how I'm going to approach Luis Matos in all all platforms, whether it's a 15-man, 10-man, you know, et cetera. Matos should be added on speculative terms because, hey, he has a stolen base upside. He's hitting, you know, pretty great. And his walk-to-strikeout ratio is great, and his batting average is phenomenal, and he follows my rule of batting average off the waiver wire. Even though he hasn't done that in the bigs, Matos still falls in that category for me. So 100% take a look at him, and if you feel if you feel the need like I do, add Matos. Yeah, Luis Matos, you know, he's not a big boy at 5'11", 160, but we've seen players like this be successful in the bigs, you know, like a Jose Altuve type. He definitely has the speed, which he's more known for in his first two years in the minors uh, in 2019 and 2021. He had 21 steals each of those years. Speedy guy, uh, Luis Matos hit second in the San Francisco Giants' uh, first game that he appeared in. So that shows that they have faith in him. You know, he's hitting right ahead of uh, Tyro Estrada, who's having a breakout year, so he's going to have a decent amount of runs. He's going to steal some basis for you and the batting average definitely looks pretty solid as matt mentioned the play discipline's good so i think that batting average could stay up um right now matos uh, as of this recording is 25 owned on yahoo i think that's going to fly up he was picked up in all of my leagues uh, that he wasn't already owned in early this morning so people are already on top of it uh give matos a chance speedy guy you know uh, outfield eligible for the san francisco giants and he hit second in his debut so definitely an interesting name to pick up Let's talk about somebody we actually talked about last year, and it's uh, Jack Sawinski. If you're not familiar with Jack Sawinski, you know, uh, outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates, not really a batting average guy, but the power is real for Sawinski. So far in the year, he's hitting 253 with 15 homers, 35 RBIs, and six steals, also 29 runs. Uh, I like Swinski. He's not going to, you know, be a league winner or anything like that. I think the batting average comes down to earth because he's never really shown batting average in his, uh, you know, minor league career, uh, no less his major league career. Last year, he hit 202, and in the minors over his career, he was about like a 240-ish hitter. So I think the batting average is going to live in that maybe like 230, 240 range. But, you know, he's had some pretty decent power seasons in the minors for, you know, Jack Swinski. So if you're in the need of power, you know, he's been hitting like fifth or sixth in that, you know, even third a couple of times in that Pittsburgh Pirates lineup, which is decent. They're serviceable. Uh, Give Swinski a chance. Once again, more of a power guy than anything else. Doesn't really have too much speed. So if you need a power in your lineup, add Jack Swinski. Oh, wait, real quick. And he's 37% owned on Yahoo. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jack uh, Jack is good. I think you did a good take on him. I don't really need to say anything else on him. I think I'm just going to move on. All right. Let's talk about Mr. Jock Peterson. Uh, you know, Jock, we should all know, another San Francisco giant here. You know, worked his way into being an all-star last year. Um, dealt with some injuries that set him back. But I like Jock. I think he's, you know, doing his thing over the last week with seven runs, two bombs, six ribs, batting 455. His numbers on the year aren't atrocious either. They're not blowing me away either in the counting cat stats categories, but like, I mean, 20 runs, seven bombs, two, tw- um, it's not two, 24, 24 ribs and about 286 batting average. I love the batting average. He's in, it's my rule batting average off the waiver wire is a must add. Plus with the upside of Jock Peterson, having the power capability where he can hit you 30 bombs. If he is, if he does somehow manage to play a full season, so Jock Peterson does have that upside. Outfield has been a little rough this year, too, depending on who you place your bets on. Jock Peterson can be that influx in that outfield, especially in five uh, five outfield leagues. So definitely take a look at Jock Peterson. 
Yeah, you know, if there's anyone that could hit per, for power besides Barry Bonds in, you know, San Francisco, it's Jock Peterson. You know, he's a big dude at 6'1", you know, to almost 230 pounds. And last year, I think he made a change. Last year, Jock Peterson, you know, he went from his usual, like, 240 batting average. He hit 274 last year over 134 games, 380 at-bats. This year, he's hitting 286 over 33 games and 105 at-bats. So I think Jock Peterson made a change where he said, I'm not just going to swing for the fences. I'm going to, you know, throw a little bit of batting average into my game. The counting stats aren't going to be uh, aren't, aren't going to blow you away in that San Francisco lineup. But like as I mentioned, he's got light tower power, and the plate discipline's been pretty solid this year with 18 walks to 26 strikeouts. So like I said, I think the batting average improvement could stick. This year, he dealt with a couple of in- injuries. He had a wrist issue and a hand issue. So hopefully, those things are getting better. And you know, you're going to see yo young Jock hit for you know a decent amount of power here going into you know the rest of the season if he could stay healthy. But up next, we're going to talk about, you know, um, somebody that's been around the league for a few years. He's starting to turn the corner and come back. We got the new closer in town for the St. Louis Cardinals. And we got one of Matt's boys from the Miami Marlins that he's starting to look like he did at the end of last year, you know, starting pitcher. But first, guys, today's episode is sponsored by the clothing company Bird Dogs. Looking for clothes that redefine comfort and style? Look no further than Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that truly sculpted look. They fit way better better than regular shorts. They are made uh, of a stiff uh, that are made of a stiff restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this, fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, especially in the heat of the summer. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. Bird Dogs just sent Matt and I some shorts, and as I said, I got some new ones on the way, still haven't arrived yet. And, you know, they are getting compliments all over the place. I know Matt was saying the same thing when he wears his, and if you want to do the same, Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter the promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. And as always, we want to thank our everydayers and new listeners for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. Be sure to be on the lookout for a new episode tomorrow where we talk about must add pitch and ditch arms. And also we'll throw in a couple of two star pitchers for next week. And also real quick, guys. We're almost at 2,000 subscribers on YouTube, and we couldn't have done it without you. If you enjoy our show and want to help us out, please share our podcast with a few friends who also love fantasy baseball or just baseball in general. We'd be truly, truly grateful for your support. So, Matt, that's once again a mouthful for me there. If you want to grab this next guy, I would truly appreciate it, brother. No problem. You should be used to it by now. <laughs> uh, I'm getting there. That, that new bird dog's ad got me a little bit. I won't lie. I'm just talking about your mouth being full. But, yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Let's talk about Mr. Josh Bell. Josh Bell is playing so-so. This is how I'm going to quit it, right? But on the year, he's not having he's not having atrocious numbers either. He has 212 at-bats. He has 14 runs. He has four, uh, 14 doubles, which is a weird number here. I guess every hit he had this year, was every run was a double. Um, six bombs, 31 ribs. 31 strikeouts to 50 strikeouts. Uh, 30, 31 walks to 50 strikeouts and batting about 241. Um, you know, 
I like him as a as a total. We all know what he did a few years ago. So it's he's interesting. Plus his last week, five five runs, two bombs, four ribs, batting about 333. So maybe he's turning around, he's getting hot. I don't think Josh Bell is that, you know, you know, blow you away player that he was in 21, where he had the 27 home run season, batted about 261, and was on that Washington team for a little bit. Josh Bell, I don't think is there anymore at age 30. He's pretty much on the end of his career, in my opinion. But I would I'm willing to ride the wave while he's while he's hot because hey, one, he fits the batting average thing. Two, he can provide power for when he could stay healthy. So Josh Bell is definitely somebody I'm considering to add. And he has first base eligibility, if I'm if I remember correctly, which he does. Yes, Vinny Pasquantino went down, so he could be a nice short-term band-aid for you until you can find a long-term solution. So definitely take a look at Josh Bell. Yeah, big shout-out to the Italian breakfast, Vinny P. He's going down with a season-ending shoulder surgery. If you have Vinny P in redraft, unfortunately, he's a cut at this point. And keeper of dynasty, if you have a lot of keepers, maybe you hold on. But even at that point, it's a little bit tough to justify, you know, carrying Vinny P anymore. But, Matt, like like you kind of said there, which I think is a big key thing, if you have Vinny P, uh, you know, and you really don't have anybody else on your team, Josh Bell's 38% owned. Josh Bell's a career 261 batting average guy. And he's got light tower power. The dude is a, a monster of a man at 6'4", 261. So if there's anything that Josh Bell is going to do, it's going to hit for power. That Cleveland lineup isn't atrocious, but it's not great. They're kind of middling. Josh Bell's not really going to have a lot of runs. But I think he can help you in bombs. He can help you in RBIs. And he's not going to kill you in batting average. He is almost a plus batting average guy at 261. So he's going to help you in three out of the five major categories. I really like Josh Bell. Matt mentioned his, last stats, uh, his stats over the last week or so. You know, since he's uh, been back in that lineup, I believe he was dealing with an injury there for a little bit. Not exactly sure what it was. But in his last um, two games, you know, multi-hit games in both, bombs in both, Josh Bell could be ready to go on a nice little hot streak here. So Josh Bell is definitely somebody that you want to add. Uh, first base eligible, 38% owned on Yahoo. But going to keep things pushing here. And let's talk about somebody you may not be as familiar with. Uh, another guy that's got a first base eligibility, I believe, and that's Ryan O'Hearn. I'm not a big Ryan O'Hearn guy, not super familiar with Ryan O'Hearn. So I'm kind of just going to, you know, vibe things out here a little bit if it's okay with you folks and if it's okay with my internet as well. So O'Hearn is first and outfield eligible. He's in Baltimore. You know, he's hitting fourth in that lineup, which is a very, very good lineup, one of the best lineups in baseball at the moment. The guy's been red hot recently. Uh, I'll read you his season stats first. He's batting 319 with five homers, 19 RBIs, 11 runs. And let's give you over the past week, too, because I know he's been literally on fire of late. And he's only 7% owned. Ryan O'Hearn's only 7% owned on Yahoo over the last week. Five runs, two homers, four RBIs, 375 batting average. And if you play in an OPS league, a 1-2-5-7 OPS over the last week for O'Hearn. I mean, at this point, if you once again, if you lost Vinny P and you don't want to add Josh Bell, Ryan O'Hearn is another fantastic guy you can juice the orange with uh, at 7% owned on Yahoo. Uh, I think he needs to be uh, a little highly, a little more highly owned than the 7%. I would say he needs to be around like 40% at this point, like I said. And he's a big boy, too. I didn't realize this. He's a big lefty at 6'3", 220. He's 29 years old, a little bit older of a guy to, you know, um, have turned his career around after, you know, struggling most of his career in Kansas City. I think he's worth the ad for now if you if you need that first base help. Yeah. 
I have great take, Dom. Great take. Honestly, I have nothing to add other than, you know, hey, I liked what you said. Let me move on here. Let's talk about a closer here. Um, Mr. Giovanni Gallegos. Gallegos um, blew a save today. So here's the yeah, he did. Um, the thing about Gallegos is there is nobody there right now that I could that I can think of that can take the job out from under him at the moment. And he had five K's over the last month. I mean, not five K's, five saves. So, you know, Gallegos has been given the opportunity in high leverage situations. So Gallegos seems to be the guy until he's not, and he completely works himself out of the job. He keeps blowing these saves, and you will find somebody else to do it. But then we will have that guy for you teed up. But right now, Gallegos is that guy. Because right now, it's not looking hot for Helsley. My guy looks like, unfortunately, he's going to have TJ. So you never want to hear that they're going for a second image because that means they already told yeah. him TJ. So it's, it's just imminent like that it. news. Yeah, it, the news is imminent. So unfortunately, you know, Helsley recovered nicely. I'm sorry for that. It explains your poor play at least. Um, Gallegos is going to be the guy for now, and we shall see how he play, pans out. But Gallegos can be serviceable, and if he could figure it out, he could be a really good closer for you. Guy has good stuff, he just has terrible control. That's Giovanni Gallegos for you. Yeah, Gallegos is a solid pitcher, and he's closed before. Last year, he had 14 saves. The year before that, he had 14 saves. So he has experience as a closer. As I mentioned, you know, they, they trust him somewhat. He's not a top-end closer by any means, but, you know, I would consider him, you know, as a top 15, you know, closer uh, when everything's rolling the right way, you know, especially if the Cardinals can right the ship and start winning some games. On the year, Gallegos has a 351 ERA. He already has eight saves, 25 innings pitched, 24 strikeouts, and a 105 whip, uh, a career 094 whip for Gallegos, which is very, very good. And he's been well over a K per nine in his career. So there's upside here. You're talking about a guy that can get up to over a K per nine. The career ERA is a 309, so the ERA can come down. And he's been doing it for, you know, seven years at this point. 285 innings as a reliever is a decent amount of innings. So we kind of know who he is. He's 62% owned on Yahoo. Once again, it's Giovanni Gallegos. And 62% owned for, you know, a closer that could be, you know, a top 15 uh, could sneak into the, you know, I don't want to go higher than top 15, actually. So, he, he you know, for a top 15 closer, uh, 62% owns kind of low. If he's out there in your league, I think you definitely need to add him. But up next, we do have another closer here for you. It is uh, Daniel Bard, who's actually been a lot better of late, you know, than uh, he was. And I don't know why Daniel Bard is is not that owned at 35% owned. I understand that he's, you know, pitching in cores. But, I mean, 20 innings on the year, three wins, Uh, you know, Actually, hold up a second. Do I have my stats right? He actually doesn't have a save yet, but I think, you know, the opportunity is going to be there for Bard with the way that he's been pitching at the moment. You know, uh, they aren't winning winning a lot of games there, you know, and uh, the games they have won of late, you know, he's been out there at the end of the games. So it kind of shows the initiative where, you know, Pierce Johnson, I believe they announced that he's removed from the closers role. I think Bard is the next man up, uh, 087 ERA. The whip is a little high at a 145. 20 innings, 18 Ks, and the three wins. I think Bard, you know, you take this speculative chance on him and just see where things go. You know, he's been trusted with saves before there in, um, you know, Colorado. So I think you definitely take the chance on Daniel Bard if you missed out on a guy you go send you really desperate for, you know, someone that could possibly be closing. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, what's the worst that happens if he's your third closer and he gets you, what, one save a week and helps out your ERA and chips in like 
five steals for the, I mean, not five steals, five Ks for the week. I'm getting all my stuff backwards. I'm tongue tied today, but um, pretty much Bard can be that like, Hey, the difference between tying the category or winning the category. He's a desperate play clearly, but at the same time, why not? I mean, he's not going to pitch every game in course. He's not blowing saves. So, you know, you kind of he had, 34. he had 34 saves last year. I forgot to right. say that. he didn't have 34 saves last year. Right. So he has gotten the jump, the, the job done before. So I'm not mad at rolling out Daniel Bard if I have to. And again, it's a matter of inches. And before we move on, we have a pitcher from Cleveland, one of my boys and one of Dom's boys coming up, all pitchers here. And I think you guys are in for a great treat. Just hang on real quick while we have this great sponsor for you. All right. So without further ado, let's talk about Mr. Aaron Savale. We've talked about him a couple weeks ago as somebody you need to add, you know, and then before that, somebody you need to stash. We've been talking about Savale this whole time. And here's the reason why, guys, you know, through two starts since he's been up on June 2nd, uh, he went up against Minnesota. Four K's, nowhere in runs, a one 2 a whip. I love it. And then against Boston. Five innings, got the W, three Ks, and a 3.18 ERA with a 106 whip. Right now, he hasn't unleashed the Ks yet, but I mean, hey, I think he's got the possibility. I got the possibility to get get to that K per nine or right under it, where he can really be, you know, contributing in four categories and keeping the low ERA with the K numbers and getting the wins on a team that's kind of middling. You know, maybe chip in ten for the rest of the season, which would be really nice for Savali. And quite honestly, I just love the talent. Savali is somebody that could be a force to be reckoned with and just makes that rotation that much more dangerous. So honestly, he's 35% owned here at Locked On. I want all our subscribers here to go and add him if you can, because out of all the names we're going to talk about tonight, except maybe the last guy, that guy's 1B. This is 1A on terms of you must add, because Savali could be the last of the Mohegans of guys be able to pick up for pitching. Uh, until maybe like a, you know, a, one of the prospects get called up. That's Han Cleveland as well. So we shall see Aaron Savale for you. Yeah, as you guys know, we love us some Aaron Savale. We've been trying to preach to you guys to pick him up for weeks, as Matt said. You know, on the year, his numbers are looking pretty strong so far through two starts. And the end of last year, he really, really picked it up through his last, like I think it was six or seven starts. He had a great ERA over a strike up for nine. The whip looked great. And I think I think he's a must-add, as Matt said. You know, at 35% owned on Yahoo, definitely a must-add for Savali. But we've talked about Savali so much at this point, and Matt covered him so well. I really don't have much to say. So let's move on to our next guy. You know, somebody that I've been kind of high on of late, and, you know, I think he's finally turning a quarter. It's uh, Brian Bayo of the Red Sox. And, man, you know, this kid, he beat up on the Yankees in his last outing, and he, he actually gets the Yankees again in his next outing. And Judge still isn't back. You know, Stanton isn't hitting great. You know, Donaldson and LeMahieu aren't hitting great. So there's a lot of opportunity to, to beat up on our Yankees, unfortunately. As I said, Bayo did in his last outing. Out of his last – wow, he's actually been pretty stellar for a while now. Out of his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight starts – He's been like serviceable in seven of those eight starts. The numbers on the year are starting to look better because he you know had a rough start to the year. Uh, Bayo on the year three seven eight ERA one three four WHIP fifty two innings forty nine strikeouts. But the kid was one of the top prospects when he got called up last year. So there's a reason you know that we're that we like uh, Bayo. 
And over the last, let me give you his stats over the last 30 days, because that's where, you know, he's kind of really been shining, to be honest with you. Bayo over the last 30 days, 29 innings, a win, 25 strikeouts, 279 ERA, 1-1-4 whip, and three quality starts throughout that time. So you want to give Bayo the chance before he blows up. 28% owned on Yahoo right now. As I mentioned, he was a highly touted prospect before he got called up. Let me give you that minor league season where he really, you know, had like a monster year, and that was in 2022. Bayo had 10 wins, four losses, 2-3-4 ERA across 17 starts, 96 innings, 129 strikeouts, and a 104 whip. So I don't think he's, you know, over his minor league career, a little bit high on the whip, but he's working on the control. So maybe he'll have like a 1-2 whip when all said and done, but that ERA can come down to maybe, you know, like right under 3 or a low 3 ERA. That K per 9 can get up to around a K per 9 or possibly even over if he gets, you know, his strikeout stuff working. But I think Brian Bayo needs to go from 28% owned closer to like the 50 or 60% owned. And if he makes that jump to the next level, man, we're going to be talking about this kid next year as like a top 40, top 45 starting pitcher in my opinion. You know, I, I'm really liking Bayo this this year. Um, you know, really showing out here. I really am enjoying his stuff. But sorry, I was getting to take get getting ready to give you a take for this next guy here, and um, that's Mr. Braxton Garrett. My guy has been solid. We've been talking about him, I think, for a solid six weeks in a row. So, like, here's the thing. This <laughs> oh, is pro- pretty much yeah. This, he started off where he was a pitch and ditch cat, uh, candidate, right? We weren't sure what he was going to do. Then he slowly worked himself into another pitch and ditch. And then again, and then he was on uh, an ad, a must ad. And then he's been on must ad for the last three Thursdays in a row. And he's still only 37% owned. Guys, seriously, you know, Savale, Bayo, and Garrett are the guys. Now, the only thing about Garrett is he's the low end tier of this, of, of all the pitchers, because I still don't know who he is. I like his talent. I like him a lot, but. He's not matchup proof, whereas I think the other two can give you, you know, that high end pitching it. Um, but Garrett has been solid through the last month. He has 27 innings pitched. He has one win, which I mean, again, it's the Marlins. So, like, you know, that's just it. That's your playing game, playing Jane thing. You're just not getting wins. 33 Ks through 27 innings pitch, a 233 ERA, and a 0.89 whip. Those are solid numbers over a month. I love these numbers. Garrett also is lining up against Washington this weekend on the 17th. Another good matchup. I really like what he's going to bring bring to the table if you add him. He was able to hand himself against the Sox, the, um, the Padres, at Coors Field, at San Francisco, against Cincinnati. Got lit up against Arizona, Atlanta, but then the start right before Atlanta was Atlanta again, and he handled himself against Atlanta. He's not going out there and just, you know, shutting down against really good teams. He's going out there and performing against good teams and having some bad starts against good teams. Braxton Garrett has been, you know, again, not matchup proof, but I am confident in a, that I can roll him out there on with, we'll say, middle of the pack matchups. And in a pinch, he's going to get me the Ks, so I'm going to throw him out there in in um, tough matchups as well because I might I might just need to pitch and ditch, or in this case, just roll him out and get the Ks. Now, one last thing. I know this is a long rant, and I apologize. The reason why Dom said in the beginning of this he was continuing what he did at the end of the year last year, he got the call up in June, and he struggled like all holy hell. He had a 5-2-4 ERA. In July, he had a three ERA. In August, he had a two seven six ERA. And in September and October, a three two six ERA. 
He also had a K per nine and all the and through July to October. Braxton Garrett is going to be good for you in fantasy. I don't know. He's not going to be elite, but he will be serviceable and he will be able to help you out in pinches. So definitely add Braxton Garrett. Yeah, Matt, gr- great coverage on, on Braxton Garrett. And uh, two things that I just want to add before we wrap up. He does go against Washington on June 17th in his next start, so that's definitely a great start. So at minimum, you want to pick up uh, Braxton Garrett for that start and see where things go. But I will say this. If you've been playing fantasy baseball for a little bit or you're a fantasy baseball fan or you're just a baseball fan in general and you've been you know around for a little bit, I think I have the perfect comp for Braxton Garrett. You know, another big lefty that, you know, wasn't great at the beginning of his career, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, we always, you know, even though he wasn't great at the beginning of his career before he won the Cy Young, he was always serviceable. We always owned him. He always was big strikeouts and, you know, the ERA wasn't always great and the whip wasn't always great. But the big strikeouts, you know, always was something that you saw the potential with with uh, Robbie Ray. I think, you know, Braxton Garrett is another guy. Hey, same type of thing. The ERA hasn't been great through his first couple of years. And, you know, the whip and the control isn't fantastic either, but he's a big strikeout guy. And Braxton Garrett's 25 years old. I think, you know, by the time, you know, 27, 28, he might have that similar breakout that, you know, Robbie Ray did where out of nowhere he figures things out and bang, there you go. You have a guy that's going to be top 20 pitcher. But for right now, you kind of just ride the wave with Braxton Garrett and see where things go. But, guys, you know, that is all for us for today. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. And thank you to our everydayers and new listeners for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. And make sure you lock in with us for, you know, a new episode tomorrow where we're talking about the best must-add pitch and ditch players. And we'll throw in some two-start arms for next week. But until tomorrow, guys. Peace. Peace.